Welcome to the Simply Resilient Podcast, episode number 114, Words Matter. My name is Jessie Ellertson, and I am a certified life coach, a 15-year military wife, and a mother of six. I love working with flowers, playing games, and going to the movies, and I'm a huge fan of my husband and kids, sleeping in, and everything about food. I have created this podcast as a free resource for military wives who want to improve the experience that they are having while their service member is deployed. If you are ready to thrive while your husband is away, then you are in the right place. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I'm so glad you're here. Today, we are talking about words and the way we use words and why that matters. And also when it doesn't matter as much. I'm going to get into that at the end. So when I talk about words, what I mean is the way that we speak to ourselves or think about ourselves. And that is meaning out loud or even like silently in our heads to ourselves. And another way to think about this is that the words that we use basically translate into the the thoughts that we are thinking, believing, and living from, which is why, as you know, the thought is always the part I'm focused on, the most important part in my mind, because it's where it all starts. And so that's why the words that we use matter, because they make up our thoughts. Another way you can think about why the words that you use matter is it makes up the way we speak about other people, like the relationships in our lives, and also the way we speak about our lives and our talents and our abilities and our resources. Our words make up our opinions. And all of that, like I said, leads to our thoughts, which as you know from the model, creates our feelings, which fuel everything we do in our lives, which is why our words matter. And I'm going to get into some really um, specific ways that some specific examples and ways to show you how they matter. As I've mentioned in this podcast before, I have really come to know in my life that what I think about and focus on grows and becomes really the like the, the main visible thing in that whatever category I'm thinking about. What you focus on grows is a, a concept I really live by. And so if you think about it, if your words turn into your thoughts and opinions and what you think about is what you then focus on, and what you focus on grows and becomes true and it feels true to you, right? It becomes your truth and also becomes like the most apparent thing. You can see why the words we choose and the words we use lead to really everything and why it can be so important to be intentional about this because we want to choose what we focus on so that whatever we're proving true in our life is serving us and working for us instead of the opposite. So before I get into the examples, I do want to say that the good news of this concept is, because right now it might be feeling a little bit like bad news to you, because sometimes we use some pretty terrible, pretty unproductive, pretty heavy words. But the good news of this concept is that it only takes slight adjustments to reap the benefits of some really big changes in your feelings. So when we start really paying attention to our thoughts and then break it down even more into the exact words that we choose to create our thoughts, what we're going to be tempted to do when we identify that our thoughts aren't serving us or our thoughts are bringing us down or making us feel heavy is that we're tempted to completely change them or to try and think and believe the opposite or, you know, do something a little bit dramatic like that, make a dramatic change. But I am here to tell you that slight changes will really bring about some significant impact and and relief from maybe the heavier words you are using and 
uh, a, a change in feelings that you can immediately build that momentum with and, and see it translate into new actions, which will then foster an environment where it's easier to either continue thinking that slightly adjusted thought or even continue to adjust it. One thing that we'll call this sometimes is bridge thoughts or ladder thoughts. So whether we are working on thinking and believing maybe a big, powerful new thought that feels very unbelievable to you at this time or far away, however you want to say that, we start with where we are and then we use bridge thoughts or ladder thoughts to get us to that big, awesome new thought that we want to believe. You know, we start by saying this is a really commonly used one if you're really struggling with like your body image and you don't like the way your body looks and you think some pretty judgmental or mean things about it like I hate my body your bridge thought might be I have a body and then it's possible that my body's okay and the next thought might be something like I'm working on accepting my body as it is today and then the next thought might be something like I'm, you know, I'm working on loving my body as it is. And then the next thought might be like, I'm starting to love my body as it is. And then the next thought might be, you know, my body does amazing things for me. And that makes it easy for me to love. Or I don't know, right? I'm, I'm making this up, but you can see how you just adjust and adjust and adjust and adjust as you work towards that big grand thought of like, I love my body and I'm so grateful for it. And I can work on changing it or, you know, maybe work on losing weight or work on getting stronger muscles without hating it. Like I can work on improving my body, improving my health and love it all at the same time. Like that might be the big end goal thought you're working on, but there's, you know, maybe 10 thoughts in between there that you spend time working on believing as you work towards the next thought and the next thought. And another way that these bridge ladder thoughts work would be if you were currently thinking um, a really you know, painful thought or a really heavy thought. And you don't even, you don't have necessarily like a big goal thought you're working towards. You're just wanting to get away maybe from the painful thought. Then you would also ladder away from that thought. You wouldn't just say, well, I'm never going to think that again. You would say, I, I've spent a lot of time thinking this really painful thought and I'm working on thinking just a slightly less painful thought. And you pick that thought and you practice thinking it and you practice believing it and you practice stepping onto that next step of the ladder in order to get a little space from the really painful thought. And once that becomes easier with time and practice, then you pick your next less painful thought all the way till maybe you're thinking a thought that maybe isn't even like fully positive, but it's barely painful or something like that. Do you see how those adjustments are such a powerful and like achievable way to adjust your thinking? And as you choose those bridge thoughts, the words that you choose to work towards, these thoughts you're working towards really, really matter for a few different reasons. Um, The words create the thoughts, which create the feelings. We already talked about that. Another reason that the words that you choose really matter is that your brain and your personality and, you know, who you are has a way that it wants, like a, a language it wants to use, a way it wants to speak that thought. And so sometimes... If you're working with a life coach or listening to a podcast and you might be borrowing some new thoughts from someone else who who's already thinking a little more the way you want to be thinking in a certain area and you'll try on their thought and you'll try to implement that thought in your life and you'll practice thinking it and you'll want to believe it, but it doesn't, it's almost like it's a pair of 
pants that don't fit you because it isn't the words, it isn't the language that you would use. It isn't the words that you would use. And it's important to pay attention to that and to get to know yourself a little bit and to put that thought that you're working on just into your own language. So I'll give you an example of this. I've been working with a life coach uh, recently, Lizzie Merritt. I had her on the podcast a few episodes ago, and she is a weight loss coach because I am working on some awesome weight loss right now and making my physical health a big priority in my life. And uh, she will, you know, suggest a, a thought to me that I'm in an area that I'm working on. And like, for example, she recently used the word support. So she offered me a thought about. I'm working on my my relationship with my body and the thought was like my body supports me so well or something like that. And for some reason that word support was not vibing with me. And I went to something a lot simpler that, and not that that word's not simple, but just something like my body did a good job today or or like my body's doing well or I'm learning to trust my body. Like I'm, the way my brain says it, my language is just a little different than the way her brain says it. And so all she can do is, offer me a sentence that feels good in her brain. And sometimes our brains will match up right on. Like I'll love the sentence she offers me. And sometimes I'll love the sentiment of the sentence she offers me. And then I adjust it just a little bit to be words that my brain likes and that my brain would use. And the reason that that is so important is because we need our brain to take on this new thought and to accept it. And if it's like a pair of pants that doesn't fit, your brain is not going to be comfortable with words that don't feel like you, words that don't necessarily resonate with you or vibe with you. And so that's another layer of like getting to know yourself and the words that your brain would like to use and the way you would naturally say it. Along those lines over the years, as I have gotten to know my own brain better and become more aware of the way it works and partnered up with it and spent so much time doing, you know, thought work and and managing my mind. I have really come to know words that work well for me and I've also come to know the words that my lower brain loves to use. This is important because I've I've talked about this in previous episodes that as you get familiar with words that your lower brain likes to use, it is perfect little clues or sometimes I'll call them like a red flag to me to or to or to you to say like oh my lower brain is like in the driver's seat right now and there's no problem with that but just knowing that our lower brains in the driver's seat really helps us like move forward and process the situation or hand the steering wheel over to your higher brain if if you're in that you know frame of mind to do that but it just helps me be on to myself so quickly rather than sometimes my lower brain can be a little sneaky I wonder if yours can be as well where I'll sort of think I'm in my higher brain but it's like my lower brain wearing like a higher brain mask but then it'll use a certain word and I'll be like oh I'm on to you. It's actually my lower brain, not my higher brain. And then I can just much more quickly, you know, assess the situation and make any adjustments that I'm wanting to make to either get back into my higher brain or to let my lower brain finish doing its thing and then sort of pick up the pieces after that. I've shared many examples over, you know, many of these episodes of specific words that show me this. Uh, some that come to mind immediately are like, my, my brain loves to use the phrase double standard or it's not fair, you know, so as soon as my my brain offers me that. I think, oh, okay, lower brain. Uh, another thing that my lower brain and really all lower brains <laughs> love to use are called superlatives, which is kind of a big fancy word for just extreme words. For example, always, never, everyone, no one, you know, words that don't leave any room 
for there to be kind of like two ways about something. It's that it always goes this way or it never goes this way or no one wants to see me or everyone thinks this about me. You know, anytime we're using very extreme words like that, then we can quickly be on to ourselves that it's our lower brain offering us those thoughts. And the last example I have in this area is that our lower brain really tends to use aggressive words and dramatic words, which is kind of interesting. You'll hear people say, I blew it up. I burned it to the ground. I had to throw it all away. It's ruined. I felt attacked. These aggressive words are just not coming from your higher brain. And that's really good to know. It's good to know that your lower brain, who does is sort of in charge of feeling attacked and keeping us safe, right? So it, it, it thinks it's its turn to run the show and keep us safe. So often is happening in a scenario where there is no danger. There's no need for defense or offense. There's just circumstances that are maybe not something we prefer and maybe something that needs to be resolved and managed and our lower brain got a cue or a, you know got a signal to say, danger, you need to take over. And it's up to us to bring it back and say, I'm here to reassure you. Like, I know you are doing your job. I know you think it's time to keep me safe, but I'm here to reassure you there's no danger here. Right now, I need my higher brain. I need my problem-solving brain. I need my brain who carefully picks words that will you know accomplish the task or or bring about a problem-solving you know, solution rather than fight or flight, which sometimes is the solution, but mostly, mostly not. <laughs> okay, I want to give you a few more examples of just these slight changes that we can make in the words that we choose and what a big difference they can make. So one that has been huge for me is I used to uh, say very frequently, I don't have time. I didn't have time. I ran out of time. Whenever, you know, I, I have a pretty full schedule, pretty busy life. Most of that is of my own choosing and I like it that way, but I lived in a way where I was kind of at the effect of my schedule and my time. And I would just say it as if I were reporting the weather, like I didn't have time. I didn't have time to do that thing. Like, you know, it wasn't even like I could have done it. It was just, it was on my list and I didn't have time. So I didn't do it. And it was just a very uh, powerless way to think about my time. And so I've started being very careful when I, would catch myself wanting to say that phrase to instead just say, I didn't make time. And it's a very slight shift to go from saying, I don't have time to I didn't make time, but it puts me back in charge. It gives the power back to me. It empowers me and it helps me keep the responsibility. I don't want it to be someone else's responsibility of like how I spend my time, or I don't want it to be out of my control of how I spend my time. And I want to be really honest with myself. And I don't say it in like a judgmental way. I just say it in a really honest way where I say like, I could have made different choices and I could have made time for that thing. But for whatever reason, I made I didn't make time for that thing. I made time for other things. And I like how I chose to spend my time for, you know, for the most part. And when I don't like how I chose to spend my time, I can evaluate that and make adjustments. But it just really puts all the, the power back into like my own hands. Another example like this is when we catch ourselves saying, I have to do something like I have to make dinner or I have to watch my kids or I have to clean my house. I have to fold the laundry, right? That's a very heavy, disempowering sentence. And if we make a slight adjustment to, I want to make dinner, I want to watch, like I want to be the one that watches my kids. 
I want to live in a house where the laundry is put away. So I want to put my laundry away. And if that feels too, that can feel like a pretty strong shift to go from I have to, to I want to. Typically, we just need a little reminding that we actually do want to be the one that is doing it. Um, even if in the moment we're feeling a little bit overwhelmed or resentful. So that can be a good shift. But if that is feeling like a too big of a shift, you can even soften that sentence up by saying, like, I'm working on remembering that I, I actually do want it to be me. Now, those, that's like a lot more words. But sometimes if if we're resisting going to that very straightforward, like, I want to make dinner, <laughs> we might need something a little softer. Like, I'm I'm working on remembering. I'm working on reminding myself that I like making dinner. I actually want to make dinner most nights. You know, we just kind of want to get back to the truth of it and again to empower ourselves. This is a big one when, uh, this next one's a big one when you're working in your relationships and your communication in your relationships particularly, where we state what our experience of something is and what we're feeling as if it's the fact at hand. So we might say something like, you know, this this is what's happening instead of saying this is what it feels like to me. And so this uh, this shift can really help, again, in that communication in our relationships. It can help the person we're communicating with feel less threatened because we're not trying to take what we're feeling like and put it on them, like put our experience on them because they're having a different experience almost every time. Instead, we say, I'm not sure what it's feeling like for you, but here's what it's feeling like for me. Here's what it, here, if you can even say, here's what feels true to me, but you're just softening up the whole sentence rather than saying, here's what happened, here's what's true. You're saying, here's what feels true to me right now. Here's what I'm currently experiencing. And it just leaves so much more room for the two people in the equation to be having different experiences and, and, and different feelings at that time. The last example that I'm going to share today, even though I really feel like I could go on and on, there's just so many cool ways we can just make subtle shifts in, in the way that we're speaking that will make all the difference in, in how we're feeling and then how we show up in our action line. But the last example that I'm going to give you today is, again, like a softening of the, kind of an I will statement where you say like, I will you know, never be late again. Again, that never is coming from your lower brain. Instead, you say, I'm working on being on time. So go from just the very strong, solid, absolute sentence of I will do this, I won't do this, you know, like I've stopped doing this, I, I'm i now this person, like which can feel like a positive thing where you're trying to maybe channel the identity of someone who doesn't do that thing anymore, who does do that thing now. And you, sometimes our brain is not ready for that strong of a sentence. And so we can just very easily soften it by saying, I'm working on being a person who shows up on time. I'm working on believing, you know, so you just add that. There's so many times when I'm coaching that we'll take a a sentence that we're working on, a thought that we're working on. And just by adding a few words at the beginning of the sentence, instead of saying like, I am an on-time person, we're saying I'm working on being an on-time person. Or instead of saying, I don't need to worry about that anymore. We say like, I'm open to the idea that I could stop worrying about that thing. You know, we just add a few words on the beginning that that really will make your brain a little more receptive to receive that thought that you're working on thinking and believing. And that can be so powerful. That softening is something I also want you to watch for when you catch your lower brain using, like we mentioned earlier, using the dramatic and aggressive words or the superlatives. That often just needs a slight adjustment. Again, we want to remind our lower brain we're safe when it's using those aggressive words and say like, there's no danger here. So we don't need to go into that mode, but you can even just adjust it from 
he took everything from me to something like, it feels like he took so much from me, you know? So you, instead of making it a fact, you're saying it feels right. And instead of using that word, everything, you change it to so much because we do want to give credit to whatever the experience is and whatever the pain is, but without adding all the heaviness and all the drama that the lower brain loves to add with the superlatives and stating things as if they're fact rather than just what our current experience of that thing is. So one thing I want to mention here as we wrap up this episode is that there is a time when you could say that words don't matter. We'll just say it like this. So knowing the model and the, the, the funny the funny sentence that came to my mind is that little phrase of like sticks and stones may hurt my bones, but words will never, or sticks and stones, here, I'm going to say it right. <laughs> sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Did you guys grow up saying that where like someone would say something rude to you and you would say, I'm rubber and you're glue and whatever you say to me bounces off me and sticks to you or whatever. You would have these little things that either adults would reassure you with saying like, you know, they can say rude words, but it doesn't need to hurt you. Or you would say to yourself or, you know, just, I don't know, those two little phrases came to my mind. And I do want to say that your words matter to you. And the words you say to other people, you know, you want to choose those carefully because that's representing like who you are in that relationship. But the words that other people say about you or the words you say about other people are only in like their circumstance line. Like, sorry, the words other people say about you are in your circumstance line. And the words you say about other people are in their circumstance line. And so other people's words don't matter to you the way your words matter to you. And your words don't matter to other people the way their words matter to them. Does that make sense? So we can just know that other people's words are in our circumstance line and that we get to choose what we want to think about their words. And the thing that I love to reassure myself with or remind my kids of or my clients of is that the words that other people use in our direction or about us or the actions that they take, the, what, what we're seeing other people's models play out and all that they're doing is in our circumstance line, right? Especially if we're involved in whatever they're doing. And it always means the most about them and really basically nothing about us. It feels like it means a lot about us because their words or their actions are coming in our direction, but other people's words and other people's actions are the biggest indicator of what's going on for that person. It means something about them. It's a them problem, not an us problem. And we do that to remind ourselves of it's not our responsibility. It doesn't need to mean anything about us. It doesn't need to break us down, tear us down. We're going to remind ourselves that it means something about them and we decide what we want to think about their words. So I want you to keep that in mind as you listen to this podcast episode and as you move forward, trying out some of these things we've talked about that your words matter to you. That's what I'm trying to drive home today. And I want you to show yourself the power of your words as we wrap up this episode. And I want you to try out two different things. So first of all, I want you just to try out making some of the simple adjustments or or your own adjustments that, that I've the ones I've suggested or your own adjustments to just start to show yourself that a tiny adjustment of one word in a sentence that you think on a regular basis is going to change the way you feel and try it out and see. Just try it out and see. And then the second thing that I want you to try is I want you to take the words that you think to yourself on a regular basis and try saying them out loud and see if that feels any different. That's a really interesting exercise because when I'm working with clients 
and they are telling me their innermost thoughts that they there's a lot of them that they've probably never even said out loud before or never said to another person. And they're suddenly hearing themselves say these things that they're thinking. Now, words matter whether you think them or say them, but we have so much going on in our brains, so many thoughts that we're thinking. Sometimes they're pretty sneaky. Sometimes we don't even know we're thinking them. Sometimes we don't realize the impact that the words have that we choose to think. And so there's some sneakiness there. And if you do this exercise where you identify some thoughts that you think regularly, but don't really say out loud to yourself or to other people. Try saying them out loud and see how it feels to hear the words you've chosen to think and say to yourself, basically. And it will be very revealing to you. I, I want to let you know that it'll be very revealing to you and might even feel kind of vulnerable and and just kind of a sobering exercise to really show you that the words you choose to think to yourself and to say to yourself, the words you choose to think, the way you choose to think about your life, your relationships, the words you choose matter to you. And I hope that what we've talked about in this episode has helped you see that and has inspired you to be a little more careful in your choosing and also has shown you that this concept doesn't need to be overwhelming to you because you can just start right where you're at today with the words you're currently choosing to use and find tiny ways to adjust them and you'll already feel different and better. That is what I have for you today and I will talk to you soon. Are you ready to take what you are learning here on this podcast to the next level? Then let's work together. I would be honored to be your life coach and help you create the life you dream about by focusing on what is always in your control, your mindset. Are you ready for everything in your life to feel different and better without needing to change any of your circumstances? Then schedule a free call with me by going to my website, simplyresilient.net. I can't wait to work with you.